Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. We're, we're hot? We're hot. Oh, man. <laughs> That's great, Margus. Uh, let's see. So I'm going to say welcome to the show. That's how you start a show. Number one. Welcome to it. <laughs> the welcome mat's been laid out. Enter the home. Are you a vampire? You have to tell me now. <laughs> I'm not a vampire. Come on in. Thank you. You're oh a vampire. No. <laughs> no. Classic <laughs> vampire trickery. Never trust a vampire. I know all about it. That's Marcus Parks, of course, as always. Our, we're, we're a partnership. That a we are. duo. And uh, let's see here. We had a very exciting. I had a very exciting week. I've been traveling all around the globe. You have been. Well, I mean, from north to south. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I went to Uruguay to see my Oma, a.k.a. grandmother, not... A Nazi. Your grandmother's not a Nazi. Not a Nazi grandmother. Grandmother. A, just a grandma. <laughs> just a loving grandmother who had a who had a child that was my dad, and then my dad had another child, had a kid, and that's me. Mm-hmm. And then he had two brothers, uh, two other sons too, and they're gay. None of us are Nazis. <laughs> Let's make it clear. You're right. Okay. So it was very exciting, this trip, Marcus, because my older brother is dating a new fella, and his name is Tom. Tom is very unattractive. Ugly. Really? Oh, he looks like he got, <laughs> it looks like he got beat up, and then, but the doctors were like, let's put him back together again, and then the plastic surgeon that tried to do it had bricks for hands, <laughs> because his face is just, I mean, it's tattered, it's torn. The whole thing is flawed. Nonetheless, <laughs> I like him very, very much now, because... Um, he's trying to get in my good graces. Mm-hmm. And the best way to get into a Ben Kissel's good graces, it turns out, put him in first class. When he flies American Airlines, which is not a great airline unless you're sitting in first class. So I said, Tom, if you want me to love you as a brother-in-law po- possible, future brother-in-law, upgrade me. Upgrade me, upgrade me. So he gave, I was in the Admiral's Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I left I left at midnight. My flight was at midnight to go over to Uruguay. I was going to arrive around 10 o'clock in the morning there. So I had a nice full day with the family. I got so drunk from 8 p.m. to around 11.30, they almost didn't want me to go on the flight, but uh, I told them I was fine. Oh, you got drunk? Oh, my God. <laughs> I had so many Bud Lights. I went up to the Admiral's Club, and you wouldn't believe it. Wait, so you went to Uruguay. A south, a country in South America that you've never been to before. Yeah, and the highlight of your trip was getting drunk in the Admirals Club. This is just the start of it. <laughs> this is just the start of the trip. Okay, so I go to the Admirals Club and I say, "Which one of these is complimentary?" And he said, "Bud Light." And I said, "I'll have one of those." Mm-hmm. And then by the end of it, he said, "You must be really nervous to fly." And I said, "I'm already flying. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm not. I'm not nervous at all. I'm thrilled mm-hmm. to take the flight. Sat first class." And I'll tell you, the seats recline, they, they turn into a bed. It's wonderful. And there's always somebody trying to give you stuff. I got the hot towel. I don't know what to do with it. On your face. I, I was too hot. <laughs> I, had a, I had a McDonald's coffee moment. I nearly sued American Airlines. What's with the hot? Cool the towel down. I love the hot towel. I'm breathing on it. I did it once. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. yeah. So I got the hot towel. And then every 15 minutes, they're just trying to give you random snacks. They gave me hot nuts. Everything was hot. Everything was hot, hot nuts, mm. and then uh, the guy. The, I swear to God, now, I cashews, know, but just hot peanuts nuts is a terrible phrase. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> they were nuts, and they were hot, hot nuts. Yeah, yeah. warm legumes. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> don't even get me started on warm legumes. <laughs> Holy Christ! 
and the the great uh, you know steward there, he was a fella, and he just kept on giving me vodka sodas. And then at one point, he just gave me like eight airplane bottles of vodka because he's like, I'm sick of coming back here. And I said, keep them coming. Don't worry about it. We landed. Great trip in Uruguay. We have a lot of footage. I recorded all the dialogue and the conversations I had with my grandmother. So maybe we'll release a little bit of that uh, in future episodes. And it was it was amazing. But I made a Twitter joke before I left saying... Um, like Johnny Depp, he was he was the star in a movie called Blow. Yeah, and he was playing a character named George J U N G. So it's Jung or Young? Young, Young. <laughs> Johnny Depp was playing a character named George Young. I think it was just pronounced Young. But Young, yeah, okay, yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah. I don't know what's the J. Anyway, um, and I said, oh, the the best thing to do when sneaking Twinkies through the airport is pretend like you're not sneaking Twinkies. Uh, in your luggage through the airport. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a funny joke because, you know, I'm a junk foodie. Yeah. And um, it turns out to be all too true. So what happened was I'm looking for gifts. I got Jackie Zabrowski from the round table and from Sex and Other Human Activities and Murder Fist, of course. I got her a fun little keychain. Nice. I got uh, another gal something. I didn't get you anything. I know. Okay. I know. I'm, I'm well aware. All right. So, <laughs> but I was like, what am I going to get for John? Uh, you know, the person who uh, is my employer many, many times. And I really respect him. He's a, he's a bit of a heavy set man, so I wanted to get him some snacks. So I bought the Uruguayan South American version of Chips Ahoy Cookies, mm-hmm. some, uh, some, you know, uh, Doritos type thing, but obviously it was all in Espanol. Ah, yeah. And so, so what? So what's Spanish for Doritos? El Dorito. <laughs> and um, and then I also bought these little cookies that had smiley faces on them. And I went through customs. I was done with the trip. I'm going through customs, and it was very intense. It, when you land in Uruguay, their customs are just like, do you have a bomb? Come on in. <laughs> they were just so happy to see you. Yeah. And they were so happy anybody was coming to visit. They were literally, they're like, do you want a knife? Here's a knife. And we're Uruguayan customs. Mm-hmm. Feel free to blow up the whole damn town. We're just happy to have your business. Because there's a feud with the Argentinians and the Uruguayans right now, so the Argentinian tourism is way down. Oh. They were thrilled to see me. They knew I was there to spend, spend, spend. I didn't buy much except for the except for the you junk, food. junk food. I bought junk, food. Uh, but whatever. They they didn't gauge that right. So on my way um, to Uruguay, very friendly. On my way back, holy shit. The U.S. Customs, this is a real slap in the face. When you first land uh, from an international flight into uh, the United States, you think that video of the cops attacking those poor black kids at the pool party in Texas was rough. This was uh, this was not on par with that, so they, I take the analogy <laughs> away, uh, because that was one of the most horrific uh, things. I was about to say, it's like you was about to uh, No, no, no. It's not, a, it's not that. Back it up. Back it up. Wide load. Wide load. Back it up. Anyway. What I'm saying is they're very hostile, very uh, they're confronting you immediately, and they kept on looking at me and being like, you're bringing in food? <laughs> and I was like, in my head, I was just like, yes. But I said, no. <laughs> and But I thought for sure I was going to get busted. And I'm like, I'm the only fat fuck on the face of the planet that's going to get uh, taken into customs and questioned because I snuck in uh, Espanol versions of uh, Chips Ahoy Doritos and, and a random cookie that has a smiley face on it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then so I got there, and I think I answered all the questions so nervously. I got sent down to a special line, 
And it was awful. I was deep in the heart of uh, Miami-Dade Airport, or maybe it's just Miami Airport, and I was on my phone, and the corrections officer, he acted just like a corrections officer. The TSA officer was like, put your phone away, all this nonsense. I had to take off all my shoes. I damn near got strip searched. I was rock hard the whole time. And uh, they went, my, my bag went through, and I, uh, I cleared. I got to board the flight, but the entire time I was very, very nervous, and I felt exactly like... George Jung, George Young in the movie Blow, his entire life I understand. And you know what I won't be able to do ever? Be a drug mule. No. Because I was about to confess to everything. Did you think that that was a possibility? Me being a drug mule? Uh-huh. Why wouldn't I be? You can imagine the, you can imagine the drugs that you can shove inside of me. This whole radio comedy thing doesn't work out, then you're going to be a drug mule? Make him a mule. <laughs> hey, I'm here, to join the, uh, I'm here to join your great cartel. I've heard wonderful. Mule! I'm a mule. Okay. That's great. Is it you? Yes. I mean, you could fit many more pounds inside. I'm, I'm the, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you're the I'm, I'm the minivan of, uh, of drug, uh, of El drug Del- smuggling cars. You're El Deluxo. I'm El Deluxo, the drug smuggling redheaded mule. <laughs> it was terrifying. And I never want to go through that experience again. So if you are coming in from an international flight, do yourself a favor. Don't even bother. I don't think I did anything illegal because they said fruits, vegetables, plants, and animals. But then yeah. they kept on asking me about food. I think that's what they mean by food. I hope so <laughs> because I thought for sure I was going to be busted and then the whole thing was going to be just unbelievably embarrassing. I'm not allowed back in the United States simply because I tried to get some off-brand Chips Ahoy cookies over here, which I tried. They're not even very good. <laughs> and... The Doritos, they all just got smashed in the bag. The whole thing was a bust. (laughs) Anyway, so I had a very nice trip. First class all the way. And uh, so I want to say thank you to my uh, brother's boyfriend, Tom, for that. Let's see, Marcus. So I missed a lot of stuff. We had a very exciting week. Of course, Caitlyn Jenner, that, mm-hmm. that uh, story came out, and I'm sure you'll be covering that on page seven. Oh, we already have at length. Yeah, that's I'm done good. with it. You're done with it? I'm, everyone's done with that story. Everyone was done with it after two days. Well, I was done with it as well. I actually deleted my Facebook app because it was just all about it. Ugh. I bet you Facebook lost a lot of... T- uh, they lost a lot of people that day. Well, I just want to say a few things about it because I think John Stewart made some great points about how we're immediately judging um, her on physical beauty now, as opposed to the content of her character. And let's not forget, she's a gold medal winner. Yeah. So that's very, very. And cool. a reality show TV star. That's the major problem. Yeah. You know, and I think it was very interesting the way that people reacted. Mm. The the one benefit is if we got. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't buy that. I, I, I don't buy the judging because it's, you know, it, it's not like that Bruce Jenner has been for years touting him. It's not like he's writing treatises on uh, international politics. We're not, uh, we're, I mean, there's not much else to judge him on. I mean, he's part of the Kardashian clan. He's a reality yeah. show TV star. I mean, there's not a hell of a whole lot else to talk about. I agree. The on, the one positive thing is if somebody, you know, if it did save somebody's life, that's good. But you're right. I don't think that he should be the face of it um, because he has a lot of money and he spent millions and millions of dollars on this transition, all in public. And really, it's the safest time in human history to come out as trans. And that's a good thing. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, he shouldn't be the poster boy for it. I was talking to um, a friend of um, Eric's in, in Fort Lauderdale, as a matter, uh, as a matter of fact. Who Eric, is, your brother. Eric, my brother, who is trans. And, uh, and she was 
sort of um, upset with the press that they were getting. There was a woman that she turned me on to in Berlin in 1931. She was born Rudolph R., and she died Dora R., and uh, this was 1931. She was the first one to ever have a, a vagioplasty, mm-hmm. a, you know, a surgery to really get her gender reassigned. She's a hero. 1931, yeah. Berlin, Germany. I can't imagine everyone was just like, we're going to put you on the cover of Rolling Stone, whatever the German <laughs> version of it is. Yeah, Christine Jorgensen. That's a hero. Sure. Christine Jorgensen, the first uh, American to get sex change reassignment surgery. In a time where it was very, very yeah. controversial. In the 50s. And, right. Yeah. So those are the people that I think we need to remember. And uh, Caitlyn Jenner now, um, if it, okay, again, if she does help out anybody, that is good. But overall, I think it was blown uh, quite a bit out of proportion. And she is the first person in history to be transgendered and just get a bunch of money for it. Oh. So the whole thing is a little bit tainted, I think. Yeah. But at the same time, good for her. I hope she's happy and hope she doesn't kill any more people driving while texting. <laughs> um, yeah, we sure did forget about that one, didn't we? <laughs> yep. Yeah, she killed someone <laughs> no, less she than a year ago. She didn't kill somebody. <laughs> She was busy texting. Yeah. Because she's got a lot of stuff on her mind. Well, well at I mean, this point it was a guy, so you know he was yeah. Well, you know, at the time he I mean he had a or whole she, had a whole vanity fair thing to to plan, you know? You yeah. can't really be paying attention to the road and the lives of other people uh, right. that aren't on a reality show television a reality television show. You can't really right. be thinking about those people. Yes. Um it's very funny. A lot of people are getting caught up in the uh not saying the right, you know, pronoun for mm. gender and things like that. For example, Fox News host Neil Cavuto, who is he's a, he's got an interesting show. He kept on uh, referring to uh, Caitlyn Jenner as he, and then everybody was very upset. And I don't understand why they were so upset because you don't want Neil Cavuto to like you. <laughs> like that's a good thing. So there is this misconception that I do think that we that we've had, and uh, it's something that I always. We discussed a little bit the victimization angle, and uh, there's a lot of trans people out there who don't have the benefit of a Caitlyn Jenner, who don't have the money and the financial resources uh, to get the full surgery, who don't have the money to have a full makeup team, a Photoshop team, and uh, and a a cosmetic surgeon to make uh, them look like the celebrity that they wanted to emulate when they were growing up in the 1950s. So um, those people, I think, are really the ones who um, should be honored, not Caitlyn Jenner. You can't just give this um, member of the Kardashian clan. They, they didn't, they're not civil rights heroes. No. You know, the only thing that they did, the, oh, the, I mean, the only thing that the Kardashians have been able to do is um, sell a whole bunch of Pantene Pro-V and Proactive. Mm-hmm. A lot of proactive ads on the on the Kardashian show, and I love proactive because I'm I'm against zits. Yeah, I hate zits. Uh, yeah, Ara- me, eradicate me too. Them. Eradicate them. <laughs> eradicate them. That's what I'm all about. Yeah. So anyway, I think that story is very. Um, yeah, it's done now, and the reality show will happen. And uh, if for our, for all the trans listeners out there who haven't had the uh, who haven't had the press and the unbelievable ease uh, in their. Um, process of transitioning. My heart goes out to you, and you guys are the real heroes, not Caitlyn Jenner, who is making millions and millions. They they project upwards of five hundred million off of uh, the reassignment <sighs> surgery. So uh, if you're actually out there in a small town and you're struggling with identity, or not even struggling, I hate the term struggling, just being who you are, uh, you're the real heroes, and you're dealing with um, true. 
bias on a daily basis, not just on a truly daily basis, not just negative tweets or um, manufactured make believe outrage that we see all over the internet on cable news and from people like Chris Brown, yeah, <laughs> who doesn't who does who, who sent a meme out that was originally uh, from Snoop Dogg, yeah. and they referred to uh, Caitlyn Jenner as a science project. I've seen weird science, and from what I remember, science projects make some pretty hot chicks. <laughs> Fucking thumbs up, but don't try to give them too big a tits, otherwise the whole thing will blow up. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Did you type in the exact dimensions of Rosie O'Donnell? <laughs> weird yeah, that, science. And I'm right there with all you guys out there. Yeah, I mean, that, that's it's so much harder than uh, than what they're making it out to be. Uh, and yeah. right. You yeah, don't get on the cover of Vanity Fair when you come out in Poughkeepsie. No. No, you know what I'm saying? That, that's the real struggle. That's the real hardship right. out there. Of course. So that's the only thing I'm And that's the real about. fucking courage. That That is the real courage. And I'm sure you guys discussed this on page seven. I apologize for treading over well-treaded territory already, but I've been gone for a week. No. Um, let's see. So let's move on to a different reality show. Obviously, we discussed Josh Duggar and the hypocrisy of the Republican Party. Um, you know, coming to his defense, mostly Mike Huckabee, mm-hmm. uh, claiming that we need to forgive, forget, and move on. Uh, meanwhile, I think they still think Lena Dunham's a pedophile. Oh, my um, God. Sarah so, Palin is doubling down on yes, that one. Yes, she is. Yep. She said that if you defend <laughs> if you defend Lena Dunham, if you don't go after Lena Dunham, Dunham right. like you're going against uh, Josh Duggar, then you are spitting on on every single soldier who has fought for the freedom of press. Well, I don't think that they'll give a shit about being spit on. They're getting shot at it all the time. <laughs> I think a little a little spit, they might actually be like, well, thank God that's not yeah. a hard bullet. I can I can wipe this off. Oh, and Huckabee's come out and said, boy, I wish I could have pretended to be a transgender when I was in high school so I could shower with the girls. Oh, they would have loved that, Mike. <laughs> you fat pig. Are you so I could have showered with the girls? Good yeah. God. Maybe you should have gotten a wife that you could fit in a shower with. You yeah. bo- both are hogs. Then to be taken out and sprayed down with a hose like uh, Farva in the movie Super Troopers. <laughs> he said, now I wish that someone told me that when I was in high school that I could have felt like a woman when it came time to take showers and PE. I'm pretty sure that I would have found my feminine side and said, coach, I think I'd rather shower with the girls today. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm sure he was the first one in his class to get tits. <laughs> there's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. Mike Huckabee, I'm just going to say, let this one go. Yeah. There's, you're not going to win. You're currently aligned with a pedophile, and now you're coming out and defaming a group of people who... Uh, you know, really just have had a probably have enough going on in their lives and they don't need to be demonized by a, pre, a presidential candidate who is running on a platform of, uh, you know, the Jews taking over Gaza so Jesus can, can come back and then the Christians can go kill the Jews and then we'll live in peace. It makes all sense in the world. <laughs> I can't wait for him to lead in foreign policy. Yeah. It's going to be brilliant. Amazing. So. But let's stick on with pedophiles. The Republicans haven't been able to distance themselves too well from pedophiles these past couple of weeks, which is not very good. So let's do some uh, discussion here about this fella, Dennis Hastert. And I'll tell you, sometimes when you see somebody and then you, you find out, like, for example, let's say when you see a chick with large fake breasts, tight shorts, obvious plastic surgery, long hair, puffy lips, and you see her in Los Angeles, you find out she's a porn star. Okay. Yeah. Of course. When you find out Dennis Haster, it's a pedophile, it's just like, I can't believe I didn't think that before. <laughs> of course. Dennis Haster, he was the Speaker of, a, a Speaker of the House from 1999 to 2007, and uh, in 1973, one 1974 was 74 it? 1974 he was a wrestling coach and i'll tell you one thing 
if you're a priests and wrestling coaches, we need to have a special eye on. Now, you were a wrestler in high school. And not one time (laughs) did my wrestling coach fall for my very aggressive advances. I was constantly like, is today a no singlet day? He's like, no, you got to wear your singlet, Ben. But I'm so hard. And he just refused. He refused to touch me. I said, oh, my my middle name's Veal. And uh, (laughs) yeah, I would always tell him that. And I was just like, you know know what they do to Veal? They rub it down. And he's just like, very good, Ben. Go hit the shower. And then I was like, oh, why do I have to shower with the girls? And they're like, well, you're not man enough to be with the boys. (laughs) It was really wonderful. Um, So Dennis Hastert, in 1974, he was a wrestling coach. And the person that he had, I suppose, allegedly molested, but let's just assume it's true for the sake of knowing the fact that it's true. (laughs) Um, His sister is continuing on the fight to get a little bit of justice, or at least get a little public shame on Mr. Hastert, who was in trouble uh, for a whole nother reason uh, regarding financial bribes and things like that. But the the saucy story is, of course, always with the molestation. So in 1974, he was touching up on this boy. The boy came out as as gay, I believe. Mm, Steve Reinbolt. Steve Reinbolt. Probably a hell of a wrestler. Um, and uh, and Hastert had molested him. And now, of course, the scandal is is growing larger and larger because, uh, of course, Hastert is denied it. These things tend to come around at the worst time for the Republicans. Yeah. It, this they is really... the worst time for another Republican to be busted for uh, for child sex crimes. We talk about it all the time, certainly on last podcast on the left. Go back and listen to the episodes discussing the Franklin cover-up. In the UK, they discuss it on a regular basis. Um, now more than ever, Margaret Thatcher aided and abetted and knew for a fact that many members of the parliament um, were, were known pedophiles. They were all part of a larger ring. And it happens regularly. This is the Speaker of the House. You don't stop, much like with Josh Duggar, and like I told you that story, where I met the um, met the molester of the two foster children that my family was taking care of. You, these are sexual orientations. These are sexual preferences. These things don't change over time. And no, I I always wanted to have sex with women. Yeah. Even though I ended up jacking off to RuPaul far too many times, and I talk about that story on stage a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's that was troubling. I'm kind of in, still kind of into RuPaul, and I'm into this Bailey J chick. Yeah, I mean Bailey J. By the way, forget Caitlyn Jenner. Bailey J. I mean, I've goofed out to a chick with a dick or two. If you, oh man, you gotta go go on Twitter and follow Bailey J. Right now, and it's a fun game that I play. I have my friends scroll scroll through the pictures and they're like hottest chick I've ever seen. Oh yeah, I'm boning. They're getting all creamy pants, uh, creamy uh, in their pants. They're creaming in their pants, and then they see the picture with her and her penis, and then the whole thing falls apart and they punch me. It's great. <laughs> it's great. But forget Caitlyn Jenner, Bailey J. She's where it's at. But these are preferences. So uh, you know for a fact Dennis Hastert, first of all, he put himself in a position, very classic. This is what pedophiles, this is what all hunters do. They put them in a position to best capture their prey, right? Of course. So what better place to be, like I said, the priesthood or a wrestling coach? I mean, this was heaven on earth for this young, for this uh, younger Hastert. I mean, if you, if you want to have sex with high school boys... This is you. You. This is. Is there a better job? There is no better job. He was. He was like. If you've ever seen Nightmare on Elm Street two, uh, Freddy's Revenge, and boy did he get it. Don't have a pool party. <laughs> if if Freddy's around, if anyone mentions they had a dream of Freddy, you got to cancel the pool party. Done. He's gonna show up and ruin the barbecue, uh, and he did just that. He ruined the grill. He did. And that was the worst. <laughs> I don't care that he came out of another human being's body as he sliced himself through. 
but uh, man, don't don't mess up the meats. Anyway, that's Freddy Krueger for you. You're always on on and on about the meats. I'm all, I love the meats. <laughs> I don't I don't know why Freddy had to ruin all the meats. Leave the hot dogs alone. If anything, put a hot dog on your claw and have someone eat it off. That's kind of a fun thing to do. There's a gym teacher in Freddy's Revenge. You know him, uh, the, mm-hmm. the the person I'm referencing, and I forget the character's name. But he's a he's a leather daddy, and he always goes out to the clubs, and he's obviously uh, quite into young men. And uh, he gets murdered in the showers, which probably is what should have happened to Dennis Hastert. But that's exactly what the char- that character was exactly what Dennis Hastert was in reality. So obviously the fantasy and the fiction of a of a horror Hollywood movie. Um, the reality is that that person doesn't die in the showers because Freddie kills him. That person goes on and becomes a very successful 20-year congressman and then future uh, Speaker of the House. Yeah. So that's what's really disgusting. 20-year congressman and the longest-serving Republican Speaker of the House in history. From right. From 99 to 2007. The entirety of the Bush administration. Right. So, um, man, that was, that was an ugly, ugly time. I mean, I'm just saying physically. <laughs> Dick Cheney and Hastert in the same room. Oh, my God. And then Rumsfeld, they Ashcroft. Used, yeah. Whoever did Caitlyn Jenner's surgery should have just gone in there and fixed him up. <laughs> Good God. Terrible, terrible looking group of people. Mm. Um, Ashcroft, so, though, beautiful voice. Oh, he's great voice. Did you ever hear him singing about the eagle? Of course, I've seen that. And Rumsfeld, you know, if you get a chance to walk the, watch the documentary, The Unknown Known, he's a very interesting guy. I mean, he's a lunatic, and he thinks everyone, he thinks he's outsmarting everybody, and everyone's just like, we know you. Very much like Robert Durst. Mm-hmm. Very Robert Durstian. Spelt Beverly wrong. Yeah, yeah, B E V. E R L E Y. I spelled Beverly wrong. Um, very, it's the exact same character trait where they think that they're outsmarting you, but you, mm-hmm. when you're just looking looking at them, like a like a dog taking a dump on the carpet, and the dog's just like, "But I'm not doing it." And you're like, "I see you taking the dump on the carpet. You're a dog and adorable, so I'm not going to freak out too bad." Yeah. But, you know, that's exactly what it was. So now the Republicans are dealing with this scandal with Dennis Hastert, and it's another in, uh, another example of politicians not being aware enough to understand the people that they're around are are when when like i was saying in the last episode when i shook the hands of the father who molested the two children that my family was taking care of you knew there was something off you mm-hmm. knew there was something happening and uh, for them not to be able to recognize that the 20-year Speaker of the House, the longest Speaker of the House in U.S. history, 2009, 2000, or 1999, 2007, for them not to realize that there was something unbelievably off and gross about this person, I don't believe that that can be true. You know, you, I'm sure at some point, very similar to what we were talking about when it came to Jimmy, I want to say the name right because everyone's always freaking out, Saville? Saville. Saville. <laughs> okay, Jimmy Saville. <laughs> You know, he used to always make jokes. Well, I'm going to go, whatever they were, going to go. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to get rambly bumbly the little girls. Right. Oh, Jimmy, you're here. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, Jimmy's here. It's rambly bumbly little girl time. <laughs> well, that just sounds kind of fun. <laughs> you put it rumbly bumbly. The, the Brits are very polite the way they describe their pedophilia. <laughs> A tubly boobly. A tubly boobly. Oh, my God. <laughs> So you have to know there's something wrong with this guy. You have to know, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. these politicians, they just have no, they have no, um, they have no idea. That's how, that's how disgusting a lot of these folks are. 
you're just able to blend in as one of them and you can be there forever and you're the one in power so nobody's going to question it and that's really the most disturbing thing and now of course the young man uh, that he molested he ended up dying of AIDS and I can't imagine um, that he was given you know in, in high school when he was molested by Dennis Hastert that's not the greatest um, launching pad to a secure healthy mind no you know and of course being gay in the 70s um, it was a it was a polarizing issue it was demonized everywhere Ronald Reagan came in and made it made gay people feel worse than ever even though he was great friends with Rock Hudson although he still thinks that Rock Hudson died of cancer or maybe he thinks he died of just I don't even random boredom or something jelly jelly <laughs> Nancy where is my jelly love Ronald love love Ronald loves this jelly I'm from the government and I'm here to jelly oh my god <laughs> Mr. Reagan you're the president now <laughs> It's unbelievable. So the boy ended up dying of AIDS, uh, well, quite 24 years later. In 95, yeah. In 1995. So that's, uh, so that's where Dennis Hastert is currently with his life. And I think he's looking at some jail time for the, for the uh, corruption scandals re- regarding mm-hmm. bribes and things like that. Yeah. And this guy, the, the kid wasn't the only one that he molested because he's of accused. Of course not. You don't just molest one kid. Well, he's, he's accused of uh, paying off a guy up until 2010 to keep right. quiet. And how much did he end up paying this kid off for? Mm, $3.5 million. Total throughout a lifetime. According to charges, made his first payment to a man known as Individual A in what was to be a total of $3.5 million. Right. So it's sort of like I was passing, I was walking over here today and I passed a sign that said, win $1,000 a day for life. <laughs> uh, but you had to play the lottery. Yeah. But in this guy's case, he just had to get touched by one of the ugliest people to ever be in the Congress. <laughs> $3.5 million bucks. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Anyway, Marcus, what are some other stories going on this week? Uh, other stories that we have this week, we had Rick Perry coming on out. Rick Perry came out in an airplane hangar. I have no idea who thought that was a good idea. <laughs> and then he came out with these two fellas that were behind him. Marcus, can you Google the names of the two guys that stood behind Rick Perry? Well, he gave literally the sweatiest announcement for presidency in the history of announcements for the presidency. Um, he looked. He He looked as if... He was about he was about to pass out. He looked the way that like an obese man looks right before um, he's three people behind in line at an old country buffet, and he knows for a fact that the three people in front of him are going to scoop up all the left all the last of the macaroni and cheese, and he's sweating it, and he's just like, oh my god, if they take all the mac and cheese, I'm going to be so pissed. Not realizing, of course, there's another tray of mac and cheese coming right up the way. He looked like he announced this from some bizarre Turkish bath or from some uh, you know interesting uh, Native American sweat lodge. I mean, the whole thing was a optical nightmare. Mm-hmm. How don't you have air conditioning? Or just get one of those little things that can clip onto your tie, a little fan. You ever been in an airplane hangar? They're hot as shit, apparently. super fucking hot. Well, maybe you should think about that before you make the largest (laughs) announcement of your life. It's a huge tin building. Of course it's not good. Well, I mean... I mean, unless he's running as a baked potato, he shouldn't go and announce anything inside of a large tin building, and by the end of it, he looks baked and uh, and sweatier than somebody who just ran a large marathon. Yeah, the guy behind him was Marcus Luttrell, the guy from Lone Survivor. Right, and Mark Wahlberg played him in the movie, so, um, you know, Mark Wahlberg, let's just say, looks a little bit better. Yeah. They looked as if they were about to... Um, 
tag each other in for a pro wrestling match. <laughs> well, they looked like was, a tag he, team. He was sweating quite a bit himself. They were both sweating, just standing there. And I was watching it, and I was probably hungover. And I wished I could have sweated some of the uh, some of the drugs and the whiskey out. Maybe that was good. They probably walked out of there, and definitely. I mean, you got to rehydrate after that. Got to. There's no doubt. I don't understand why on earth he would make the announcement inside of an airplane hangar if he knew how hot it was going to be. Especially in Addison. Addison's like a suburb of Dallas. Oh, okay. It's a shitty little town. It's not good? No, I mean, it's fine. It's just, you know, it's like every other suburb of Dallas. It's just concrete and uh, just nothingness. It's all Ruby Tuesdays. Oh, is that right? Applebee's. Mm. Outback. Mm. Cheddar's. I don't know Cheddar's. You don't know Cheddar's? Don't know anything about it. It's like an Applebee's. Oh. <laughs> so it's like a Ruby Tuesdays in an Outback? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. <laughs> I love that idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. And so, um, you know, it really is a, a, a lot of history repeating going on right now. Well, Brick Perry which is had very, to. very, very fun. He He's liked got the glasses, the, though. Yeah, he liked the airplane hangar because he was in the Air Force and all that, and he wanted to really drive that home. Yes. Yes, and I suppose that he did. It was interesting, though. He did bring up uh, wealth inequality for the first time. It's now a Republican issue. I don't remember it ever being a Republican issue before. Um, I mean, you know, obviously Hillary's talking about it. Bernie Sanders actually has a record on it um, that is fairly... um, it's good. Bernie Sanders' record on when it comes to wealth inequality is is very, very strong. It's it's unfortunate that... um, People think that he comes across as so flippant. Yeah. And then, of course, I always mention the things in his teeth. <laughs> he always has something in his teeth. His record on everything is good. Yeah, but not not hi- dental hygiene. <laughs> I just don't understand why he, the dental hygiene problem. Yeah. I saw him. Did I tell you that? I, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. I saw him two out of three times speaking on television. He had things in his teeth. teeth. And then I just saw him on CNN again, and he had something on his upper t- uh, on his upper teeth there. I just don't know who's putting it. What happened? I love you type in Bernie Sanders' teeth. The first thing that comes up is six things to know about Bernie Sanders. Yeah, he's got terrible teeth. <laughs> hey, as a man with not so great teeth, I say don't focus on the teeth. I'm not focusing on it. I'm not focusing on it at all. What what are the six things we should know about Bernie Sanders? Uh, he uh, gained internet fame with a nearly nine-hour Senate floor speech, slamming mm-hmm. a deal that included a tax cut extension for the wealthy as Robin Hood in reverse. Uh, his family, he's got a New York-born mother and a Polish-Jewish immigrant father. Oh, okay. Uh, he is not involved in any sort of organized religion. Okay. Uh, he's uh, very much Scandinavian in his policy thinking. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Uh, that means he likes to approach like uh, stuff like public health care. Oh, okay. Uh, probably the way they... I don't know, know what his stance is on prisons and things like that, but I would imagine it's fairly similar. Yeah. Uh, the not such a punitive system. Yeah. Uh, he worked as a union member, Liberty Union Party in the 70s. Uh, and let's see here. He was a carpenter, a filmmaker, a writer, and a researcher. Oh. Yeah. And he was also... A recording artist. Isn't that? So he has a song out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Is well, the, actually, they were re-released last year, uh, and they're available on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, and CD Baby. The album's called We Shall Overcome. features speeches about peace and uh, justice delivered by Sanders as a choir sings 50s and 60s protest songs. Oh, very interesting. Well, maybe we can find some of those. That sounds great. Yeah, definitely... Um, 
definitely should bring that back to his campaign. Give it some life. Start singing some great hymns. Or I guess he's speaking and they're singing behind him. I don't know, man. I think his I think his campaign's going all right. I think it is too. You know, Bernie Sanders is a very interesting candidate. He's a he's a, he's a testament to trying things again. The first time he ran uh, for the U.S. Senate, I believe, maybe it was Congress. He received two percent of the vote. The second time he ran. He received 1%. <laughs> That's a true story. And then the third time he ran, he actually won. So that is uh, a, a sign of a person who has a lot of determination. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those great ironies. Everyone says that money is the problem with politics. But then, of course, they also say, they also say Bernie Sanders can't win because he has no money. So I think that he is doing very well and at the very least – um, he's going to uh, he's going to add some much much needed good debate about uh, economic injustice. Even now, uh, I think it's the most important issue of the of the uh, of the whole campaign. Even now, as uh, the Republicans have begun to address it, and which is extremely extremely uncommon. Yeah, there's another man who announced his candidacy for the president, uh, Shafee. And uh, yes, this is a guy uh, who announced, and one of his one of what he wants to do, one of his large uh, campaign platforms, is to bring back the metric system. And I don't think he understands that as a country we are getting dumber, and uh, we don't necessarily. Wait, what's what's this guy's name? Shafee, C H A F E E. And um, he wants to bring back the metric system, and uh, which is a not, I mean, or not bring back, uh, you know, introduce it because of course we're one of like three countries that use it. The whole world is met or that don't use it. The whole world is metric. Yeah, you know? but of course the United States we're, we're sticking very very hard with our current with our current number system, and he wants to bring that back. But actually, Ronald Reagan was also very pro metric. He signed a law. And uh, he just chose not to fund it whatsoever. And he wanted to he wanted to start stressing metric in our schools and things like that. So it's not that insane of an idea. It's just an insane thing to uh, propose when you're announcing for the candidacy uh, to become the president of the United States because um, no American is just like, oh, you're going to make me do more homework? <laughs> you're, oh, you're going to change the entire way that I've lived? Okay, not a problem. <laughs> That's fine. Boy, this Shafee, Lincoln Shafee. Lincoln Shafee, yeah. which which sounds like something you need to put uh, gold bond on. <laughs> if you have a Lincoln Shafee, oh, go to the doctor immediately. Mayor of Warwick, U.S. Senator. Mayor of Warwick, Rhode Island, U.S. Senator, and uh, the governor of Rhode Island. Uh, very successful. Uh, today, yeah. I mean, he's, he's very, I mean, he looks like the governor of Rhode Island. Yeah, and again... We don't know if he's not a pedophile. So let's just say that he is. I'm going to assume at this point every single person running until otherwise proven is a pedophile, including Mr. Lincoln. So he is. He announced. Martin O'Malley announced. So there's some. We're getting some uh, some fun characters on the Democratic side. But yeah, Shafee is. He's a little bit too. I think he's a little bit. He makes Bernie Sanders seem extremely reasonable to people who are. In the middle, mm-hmm. you know, and I think Bernie Sanders is extremely reasonable. It's really an issue, you know. That's the one sad thing about Rick Perry announcing the way that he did announce. We did lose uh, the majority of the the substance of the of the speech, and obviously, there's not a lot of substance in any of these speeches. This is theater 101, and they say the average intelligence of a uh, of a candidate's speech and most presidential speeches is about a third grade level. Mm-hmm. They write so a third grader. Um, they write these speeches and uh, and dictate them um, 
so a third grader can understand. And it's going down and down and down every single year. Because you go back and you listen. I watched a great documentary on uh, Teddy Roosevelt and Franklin Roosevelt. And um, it was on when I was in when I was flying to Uruguay, and I was flying like I mentioned earlier, first class. Yes, and it was and one. We're of all the, very proud of you. Holy shit! <laughs> Everyone was looking at me like, "Get him out of here!" And I was like, "I'm never going." And the plane landed, and I said, "Let's go back up. Let's have another run. I'll take. Let's go wherever you want to go. I'm in heaven up here. Keep on feeding me whiskey." Uh, and while well, I was drinking vodka because it's a plane, um, and I don't know why, I like to stay light. Yeah, yeah. I like to. See, I feel like if I have a bunch of whiskey or some heavy breads, the whole thing's going to go down. Mm. But that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so there's no science behind that, you yeah. know. But whatever. But I watched whatever a great, makes you feel good. Sure, who cares? Uh, I watched a great documentary about the Roosevelts. It was a six parter. I only got to, uh, through two of them. But Teddy Roosevelt, his speeches were so phenomenal. And he was a large man, mm. and um, and he was a real. I mean, he was okay. Just to tell you how cool Teddy Roosevelt was, and I know it's kind of a corny thing to say, he kept a pill of uh, morphine. I believe it was morphine. He kept a pill on him at all times that he would take as su- for suicide. Oh, cyanide pill? A cyanide pill. <laughs> at all times. He was, he was, because he, he would do these really uh, extravagant tours through the Amazon and yeah. go to places. And at one point, he felt, uh, felt extremely sick and he was just going to take, he was going to take the pill. And his son was like, you can't take the pill. So they, they, they hauled him out. And uh, it was an amazing story. Finally, they met up with some U.S. people and, uh, and they were able to get him out of there. But he did not. He was the way the presidents now, you know, the way they go from a limousine, they go to a from a five star hotel to a limousine to a random place where they get inside of a pickup truck where they drive that pickup truck down to the state fair. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which is exactly what Mr. Perry does on a regular basis. And W did the same thing. It's so pathetic, so transparent, so hypocritical. And everybody knows that they're lying pieces of shit. Teddy Roosevelt, to his credit, was truly as badass as he projected. And this was a different time in American politics. So what they would do was they would get on a train and then you're, you would stop in every single town and your stump speech would just uh, occur on the back of the train. Yeah, they call them whistle stop tours. Yeah, little whistle stop tours. Yeah. And he had a 75-page script uh, speech and he spoke for a full hour, 90 minutes and all of these things. The rhetoric was high. I mean, he was a real populist, a very, very interesting politician and great order and uh, when he when he spoke, they, they they were playing some of the speeches. They were intelligent. He, oh. he played to the highest common denominator. And I think we live in a country, a society now, like we like we talked about on the last episode, pedophilic America, pedophilic mainstream, which which again I didn't see in Uruguay. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see it. It's 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 a very Western thing where we honor youth so much. And let's be honest, it's not possible for the youth to be as smart as people who you know. I'm not as smart. I'm 33. I'm not as smart as somebody who is 60. Theoretically, I can't say that I would be because of life experience. I, when I interviewed my 93 year old grandmother, just her life makes her smarter than me. Yeah. Because she lived through her talking about World War One, World War Two, and life after that is was genius. And she didn't have to. She didn't have to get it out of a textbook. It's her life story, you know. So, um, so Teddy Roosevelt talked to these people like they were adults. And they and these were people that we look at now and be like, oh, they were racist, they were stupid, they were like, you know, nineteen, whatever. They we think of them as farmers, as ignorant morons. That's how that's how a lot of younger people think of the history of the people of the United States. In reality, those people 
first of all, it was much more difficult for them to get to the train stations. It was more difficult for them to show up Mm -hmm. to an event. They weren't just sitting on their fat asses on Twitter thinking that they're getting information. They would have to go, and he would speak. And at one point, I believe it was a a Polish fella. He shot him. Uh, Shoslov. Now that sounds about right. <laughs> Whatever you could say, any any sound that has a heavy uh, feel of uh, of saliva no, and, and heavy tongue to it. His name looks completely different than how it's uh, than how it's uh, it's That's like the Leon Kalslov or yeah. something like that. It doesn't make any sense. You look at the name; it's yeah. not how it's pronounced at all. It's actually pronounced Reginald Jefferson. <laughs> um, okay, very bizarre. There's not an R or a G or a D in it. Well, that's fine. That's how we pronounce it. We're Polish. Remember, we do everything wrong. Um, that's not true. The Polish are great people. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got shot by this dude. The bullet ended up hitting his 75 or 72 page script. Still went into his body. He spoke for the full hour. Yeah. He spoke for the full hour, then went back to the hospital reluctantly. I mean, he was one of these kind of dudes, you know, and uh, reluctantly went to the hospital. They ended up uh, not being able to remove all the bullet. It was always right next to his heart. It was a very interesting documentary when it came down to. Um, politicians comparing those old Roosevelt speeches and Franklin as well although he was a little bit different because he was a little bit more pompous he didn't have this Teddy was Teddy was very much um, you know how you have Luke Russert on MSNBC Mm -hmm. remember his father uh, Tim Russert yeah Teddy Roosevelt was Tim Russert. Hmm. He was the everyman he was the great guy from Buffalo his father actually had a mill job yeah and Luke Russert is obviously a generation removed from the actual person in the family that was a true working man. Yeah, but Teddy Roosevelt was a bit... He was a prissy fancy boy. Of course, he's like still it. a prissy fancy boy, but at the yeah. very least, he rebelled a little bit against it and yeah. had a suicide pill with him at all times. <laughs> yeah, but he did grow... Let's not say I'm that... Not let's not saying we that. We can't say that Teddy Roosevelt grew up in the rough-and-tumble world... He made a choice to go to the rough dog, which I fucking, yes, I definitely yes, give true. him accolades for, for right, choosing right, right. to make that life and to make his own way. But yes, I agree. He grew up a bit of a Nancy boy. The point is the rhetoric and the speech was so much more heavy on policy and so much more intelligent than the speeches you hear when people are announcing for, for the presidency now. And this is exactly what he was doing. I mean, he was just laying down his, his, uh, his, his agenda for the country and his future for the country. And it was one of the more refreshing speeches. Um, everyone, all, all the clips that they played was so much more refreshing than the things you hear now, which is just terrified people trying not to fuck up. Mm-hmm. And that's all our politicians are now. And it's really, it sucks. And of course, that's why with Rick Perry doing it in an airline hangar, everyone's just talking about the fact that he looked, he was, he was sweating like a woman who wants to get an abortion in Texas, uh, <laughs> you know, and she's just very devastated that she's not going to, she's going to have to drive to some random other state and hopefully they can accommodate her uh and so now we talk about such facade things and of course um we all know the the, the kennedy effect on all that and then the, the the two meat hogs standing behind him just did not look good especially in this era where big strong beefy douchey white dudes mm-hmm. all i see is them pinning down a random black girl at a pool party <laughs> that's all that i see when i see big you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like those two dudes behind him i was just like oh yeah, like those dudes are scary dudes. Yeah, and they don't look very smart. They look like the TSA officer who is threatening to take my chips. That's 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 your yardstick now. Mm. <laughs> no, he was, he was a black dude. Very mean, very mean TSA agent. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, you ever met a nice TSA agent? 
uh, well, there was uh, there was a woman who said, "Remove your shoes," and I said, "Do you want me to remove my pants also?" You know, that's not true. No, <laughs> I would never say that. I would never say anything to the TSA. I go stoned and I go drunk and I just try to chill out. Yeah. But I was sweating bullets, and thank God they didn't confiscate my junk food. Think they would have? They would have seen something. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, "Give it back." I don't know, man. I think the, the the expectation of that junk food would have been much better than what you actually got to eat. Yeah. You would have been able to think, like, my God, maybe it was going to be the greatest Dorito that I've ever had in my life. I haven't even opened the bag. <laughs> They're so smushed. I'm going to have to put them on a casserole. That's terrible. <laughs> first class. You got to fly first class. There's so many more things to talk about. Marcus, I just feel like we well, we got to start doing a show three hours a day. It, we could. Yeah. Maybe we should... Let's petition... Well, I don't know. Does anyone listen to Sirius? You know, ask... Uh, do, I want to know if the listeners listen to Sirius Radio or not, because we've been t- speaking with them, and it's possible we could do a show, but it's, does anybody care about Sirius? Yeah, we actually do really need to know this. Does anyone... Yeah. Do any of our listeners listen to Sirius Satellite Radio, or do they listen to us instead of? Right. That's the thing, because... I mean, you know, Comedy Central's got their thing going on over there. They're starting some talk stuff. But it's like, I mean, I feel like technology leapfrog serious. The mm-hmm. idea of paying for, for radio. Yeah. so Talk radio, at least. Right, 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 right. Either way. Oh, all right. Well, that's all we can talk about today, I suppose. We're doing, um, yeah, that sounds good. Oh, yeah. I kind of have a fun announcement. On July 6th. I'm going to be on Fox News hey. at 3 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> but it's That's still as good as At good. 3 in the morning. You know, because everybody is up and ready for good Fox News commentary at 3 a.m. Your grandma's up. That's perfect for me. <laughs> That's my audience. And she watches Fox News constantly. It's yeah. all she watches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to get a new fan. Yeah, when I see her in uh, June, I'll be sure and tell her. She's a, a cat temp. I told her that yeah. I was like, yeah, I know somebody who uh, is on Fox News pretty regularly. And oh, my God, she was so much more impressed with that than anything that I've accomplished in my life. Of hey. which. I have many accomplishments that I'm proud of, but Are you I can't tell my News? grandmother about any of my accomplishments, but I can tell her that mm-hmm. I know someone who's been on Fox, and she can be proud of me for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, Marcus. It's nice to make your grandmother proud. July 6th, 3 a.m., I'm making my debut on Fox News. Fox News is Red Eye is the name of the show. It'll be hosted by our good friend Tom Shalhoub. I love Tom Shalhoub. Love Tom. He is so amazing and truly such a good person. I always say this about the nicest dude. We did an episode. I'm not even sure if you can find these episodes of Give Me a Little Kissel was the name of it. Remember when we used to do that? Oh, yeah. That was about three or four years ago. Three or four years ago. And Marcus and I interviewed him. And you can't... Tom Shalhoub is so nice that I'm convinced he has bodies in the floorboards no he has to he's no he has to he's beyond that he's maybe he's beyond that he's mr rogers level i okay he's mr rogers level i think you're right he doesn't he even kind of look alike they do yeah he is our generation's mr rogers (laughs) love tom shalhoub yeah so uh you know we have a couple of more episodes before that airs but when it does air that would be great if you tweet at him and be like, keep Ben on. He's so big and fat. And then I'll be like, thank you so much. And then that'll be perfect. Um, let's see. Any other things, Marcus? I think that's all we got, man. Just get Marcus Parks on Twitter. I'm at Ben Kissel. Go to the Facebook page. I deleted the app, but I still have Facebook. And I've been, I just Google. I search it. I Google it. And then I look at it twice a day. You know what, Ben? 
I deleted it too. You did? I did. When did you do that? Last week after you told me that you deleted it. And, and then how I, do you feel? I feel great. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what? I do I mean obviously join the Facebook group, but let's delete our Facebook apps. Stick with Twitter. This is direct contact. We can get some good uh, conversations going on there as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so you feel great about it. I got a mean message on Thursday, on Wednesday night. Uh, from somebody that I have recently, I since blocked. I got a mean message. Oh, someone okay. being a piece of shit. So there were. That's some when people. I was immediately like, okay, yeah. done. I'm deleting it because it ruined my night. And you you can't let these things ruin your night, Marcus. Yeah. But I understand we're human beings, and people saying mean things, regardless of what um, low level of intelligence that person happens to have, it still hurts your feelings, and that's fine. And you know, there's a lot of people out there, and this is why I love the show, and I love the listeners of this show. I think um, you know, there's not a, not a person with a with a bad heart that listens to this show. I mean, I did get a message from a neo Nazi, but that's okay. <laughs> um, we're gonna change him. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna allow uh, him to. To uh, grow as a person and get over his hatred of all the other races, um, which is that's what this show is all about, Marcus. Yeah, it's all <laughs> the show is about if we as, say as one neo-Nazi, <laughs> we'll do it. We and, will have done our job. As Bruce Jenner transitioned to Caitlyn, we'll transition a neo-Nazi into a moderate Republican. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's as good as we can ask for. But yeah, that man who was a, he was a, just a total prick, and he's a fan of a of um of a different cele he's a celebrity man who used to be on Sirius Radio who got fired because he's a possible uh, sex offender. Um, so what I'm saying is, thank you so much for listening to this show and the the fans of this show. Um, you guys are good people, and we don't have we don't have those really mean-spirited scumbag losers who are never going to excel in life loving this show because this show and all of our shows last podcast and roundtable they're all too uh they're they're good-spirited they're good-hearted regardless of how blue uh they might get i just had a great opportunity on friday i was at foxwoods casino and i was opening for the roastmaster general mr jeff ross nice. and that man is the personification of telling jokes lovingly mm -hmm. and he he can he crushes he can tell anybody uh what would be perceived as a very offensive thing but he, he knows exactly how to do it and he's n nothing comes from hate and none of these shows none of our shows marcus no shows here on cave comedy radio that you and i do uh together or that you do with jackie um are mean-spirited or hate-filled at all absolutely not and that's the whole point no, we, that's what the only, that's what we preach against every single fucking day and Teddy Roosevelt. I know that sounded very angry when I said that, but that what? was from a place no, of love. <laughs> My anger comes from places of love. I have a That's lot more anger these days, so I've got a lot more love that I've got to fit into that anger. Well, you quit smoking recently. About no, two months ago. A month and a half, two months ago, yeah. And so you're feeling angry because of that. Yeah, the anger level is <laughs> Yeah, the anger level is much is much higher. And the, the threshold is, is much lower, but not as low as it was and not as high as it was the last time I tried right. to quit. This time, uh, I've, this is the longest I've gone yeah. without cigarettes uh, since I started when I was 17, so 15 years. I think the first time you made it, what was it, uh, two two drinks? Something like that? <laughs> Maybe two, three no. drinks? So then you're like, I'm back to smoking. I'm like, you, you just did a cigarette a half hour ago. The last real attempt that I made was about three years ago, and I made it uh, four or five days. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was, uh, yeah, and I got bad. And, yeah, 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 and then I went right back to it. It's tough to do. Yeah, you know, it's very, very difficult. Everybody's got their own addictions. I'm addicted to junk food so much so that I broke U.S. Customs law. <laughs> so, 
That's very good. And let us know, you know, whatever you're going through. Uh, feel free to reach out and uh, all those sorts of things. And, yeah, uh, we'll talk to you all soon. All right. Goodbye. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. <laughs>